Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Dear Rochester, retire well. This is your podcast, and your host is David Polsini of Six Point Financial Partners. I'm Patrice Sikora. This is the inaugural episode of the series, and it's always one of my favorites because in it, we learn more about David from David. And the best place to start is usually the beginning. So, David, how did you get into this line of work in the first place? Uh, good morning, Patrice. That is a great question. I actually got into financial planning because of my now wife. She turned me on to it. And I graduated college in in 2003 from Hilbert College in Buffalo. And honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I can't can't tell you I'm one of those guys that uh, said I always want to be a financial person or in the financial business. I really had no idea. I knew that I wanted to talk to people and help people. So when I graduated college, I really was interviewing all over the place. I was interviewing at construction, leasing companies, mortgage companies to potentially sell mortgages, different banks, different financial companies. And while I was doing that, my wife was actually interning with a financial advisor. And she said, I'll never forget this, and people will laugh. Um, she said, you know what? You should be a financial advisor. They make <laughs> a ton of money and they don't do anything. <laughs> so that's true. And I quickly, by the way, learned that that is not the case. I think I worked 100 hours a week for my first four years and maybe made like $12,000 or something like that. Um, so it was the opposite. I actually made very little money and worked way too much. So uh, she was obviously working with an experienced advisor at the time. But anyway, yeah, I interviewed at several financial companies at the time. And only one really had a place for me to go and people to talk to. And the reason I liked that was that when I was 23 at the time, I, I looked like I was 12 years old. And I remember thinking, Who, who's going to give me their life savings or trust me with any money? I really didn't know much about it. But the company that I worked with had a specialized group that went into our local public schools to help public school employees with their retirement. And there was a great need for it at that time. People needed help with their pensions, their 403B planning. And there was really very little competition at the time. So I was able to go in and talk with my old teachers, coaches, and help them with their retirement planning. That's really how I got started in it. One thing I wanted to point out was that really not only what got me into it, but what kind of keeps me around is when I got into the business, like I said, I didn't have like a crazy passion for it. I just knew that I wanted to talk to people and help people. But that passion really grew as I learned more and more. And Mm -hmm. I saw mistakes people were making with their money and their finances. And honestly, I felt like I couldn't get to people fast enough. And I just remember thinking just little mistakes people would make with, and I, I could give you stories all day long, but one of my first clients had a life insurance policy with a different firm and they had their ex-spouse on as beneficiary and they actually ended up passing away. 
Wait, the, the ex-spouse, you said? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So they were remarried and there was an ex-spouse still listed as a beneficiary actually on their life insurance and their pension. Oh. And that, that's one of those things as a financial advisor, you hear these stories about what makes you do it, what keeps you going. When you see that once, and by the way, this is a very smart person. They're very, I want to say they're organized, but then, then you see things like that. Yeah. And it, it's just such an easy fix for people to sit down and go through something like that. By the way, when the person passed away, um, the ex-spouse actually gave the money back to the current spouse. Holy cow. Which was amazing. And they didn't have to. Yeah. So it was a wow. very and interesting situation. Um, actually, that person um, is a client today still, um, 17 years oh. later. But anyway, that, that is one, one of many, many things that I run into that I saw right away in our business that it, when you're growing up, you, you think... I just thought that everybody was organized and I thought that everybody mm -hmm. had a handle on it. And you always think that your parents and your family members and everybody, oh, they're all set. They're, they're ready for retirement. They have a pension, whatever it is. And then you really start to see some little things like that that actually turn into big things. So that still to this day, by the way, really keeps me going because I run into that at every level. You run into things that uh, I know that we can help people with. So that, that definitely keeps me going. You say you started working with, with teachers, the public school system. Who do you really work mm -hmm. with now? Yeah. So I have a team and we work with different specialties. Uh, we have five different financial advisors right in, in our immediate office. And then we work with a much larger team that specializes in different areas but right now, and actually this is the, the reason for the title of our podcast, Dear Rochester, Retire Well, is we work with, I have, I have a gentleman in our office that works mostly with RG&E employees. So it's Rochester Gas and Electric. We have one that works with Delphi employees. They recently did large-scale layoffs, unfortunately, in Rochester. And he works specifically with Delphi employees. We still have our public school employee clients and then personally, I am working with a number of clients at Rochester Regional Healthcare. And the reason that I am working in Rochester Regional Healthcare is almost like the reason I was talking about with the beneficiaries was Rochester Regional Healthcare in 2014 merged hospitals. So there were a number of separate hospital systems. They merged hospitals and all I heard for and I still hear it to this day, is what's going on with my pension? Mm. What, can I still expect to get that? I know we merged. They're changing my benefits. My 403Bs keep changing. What do I do? And Patrice, I live in Rochester, and it's not like a giant city. Um, right, so right. Rochester Regional Healthcare has about 15,000 employees. It's like one out of every 20 people works at Rochester Regional Healthcare, and it's a massive employer in the area. And so you, you run into this all the time where people just have general questions, and, and they were really afraid of what was going on with their money. So I spend most of my time working with people nearing retirement, and my Rochester Regional Healthcare, my, I call them friends and clients. Who is your ideal client? My ideal client is, first of all, we actually break it down behind the scenes, so I'll give you some inside info here. We, okay. we, we kind of call it the three A's. I stole this from another advisor. That's a lot of times what we do. It's really attitude, and I'll explain this, assets and advocacy. And the attitude is just somebody who wants help. They understand that they need help. And most of all, 
they enjoy meeting with us and we enjoy meeting with them. And mm-hmm. we know that not everybody is a good fit for us and we're not always a good fit for everybody else. So one big thing that we focus on is I want to make sure that we don't bore people to death with financial planning terms and jargon a lot. We definitely know them and I could dive deep into most areas of financial planning, but we have to realize that most people don't need that or want that. So I don't want, and my point is, I don't want anybody not to pick on our dentist friends out there, but I don't want them to think of us as like coming to the dentist office. Oh, I have to go meet my financial advisor. It's going to be terrible. Right. (laughs) Normally our meetings with our clients are, I'd say as fun as they can be for doing financial planning. The attitude's a big thing. It's always positive, happy to see each other. The other, the second A is assets. And many times advisors will set minimums that they work with. So we have different advisors again in the office that may have different minimums. So I would say that we have no minimum as far as who we'll work with. Again, as long as they're a good fit and they're easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody came to me and said, Dave, I have $200,000 in debt. I make $30,000 a year. What can you do for me? We'll certainly meet with that person and see if we can point them in the right direction, but I'm not sure that many times there's not much we can do right away besides get them on the right path. Right. Everybody hears this. The more, the more assets somebody has that are invested, typically there are more financial planning opportunities for those people, whether it's investment management, state planning, different insurances, all that stuff that we won't get into. So if they have the right assets that we can help, they have the right attitude. And then the A for advocacy is really, they introduce us to people. I'm not saying they have to introduce us to anybody. I have many clients that have never introduced us to anybody that I love. But many times what we find is that when we go through our service model for a year or two with somebody, they almost feel like it's a disservice to not introduce their friends and family Mm -hmm. to us because I think they believe that we're taking great care of them. And I hope they do. I know that we are on our end, but uh, I love when our clients introduce us to their friends because it really isn't, it's a cliche, but it's, it's a great compliment because I know that we've earned the right based on what we do for them. So attitude, assets, advocacy, that mm-hmm. is definitely my ideal client and people that are easy to talk to. That's, and- that's the big thing. We, we need to enjoy, enjoy our time. Not everybody is for everybody else. So we are, uh, we want to work and be friends with our clients, most of all. And so. it also sounds like you educate them as you go along. What kind of education do you do? Yeah, I, the it, we, we've done a lot with a lot more on the way, by the way, including this podcast, by the way, Patrice. So that will help. And I will direct clients to listen to this as we dive deeper into different subjects. But the easiest way to answer that is in a meeting, in person, or <laughs> over Zoom with what we're doing now, we really want to show somebody what we're talking about. And again, I don't want to dive into crazy things and get into details on the alpha that we're adding to a portfolio and the beta and what's our tactical allocation going to be. Honestly, most of our clients, they just want to know that somebody's handling that for them. Some clients want to know that stuff and we'll definitely get into it. Um, But that is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I will educate as much as they can handle and I've been doing it long enough where I can see if the eyes glaze over, I just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and and I get it. So a lot of times, yeah, we'll just have somebody come in with a, and Rochester Regional is a great example. If somebody comes in and they say, I have a 403B account with Fidelity, how does that even work? 
many times it's not being explained to them. And it's not the fault of Rochester Regional or the Fidelity people, by the way. They're great. It's just there are 15,000 employees. And there's no way that everybody can understand their ins and outs of their 403B. So we want to show them how it works, what they're doing it, why. And, and I'll say this a lot throughout the entire podcast, by the way, is we really want to show people we want to help them answer two questions. How much money do they need when they retire? So if they need $5,000 a month, where is it going to come from? Mm-hmm. And that could be pension, social security. I just mentioned 403B, so I'll say 403B. But more importantly, let's back into that. So if you need $2,000 a month from your retirement accounts, how much do you actually need to save and how does it need to be invested today for that to happen? We try to make that as easy as possible, but also make sure that we're on top of it. Another thing is, and I actually did this yesterday, so it's good timing. On the first Monday of every month, I send a personalized client video to all of our clients. So if my voice is shot today, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) I literally made about 150 videos yesterday, about a minute to a minute and a half long on a certain topic. And it's preset for the year. So it's not like I'm going into October saying, oh, what are we going to talk about today? I already know. We're highly systematized. So in September is a good example. In September, we talked about estate planning. By the way, most people hear the words estate planning and they're like, okay, I'm I'm tuned out. (laughs) I don't don't even know what that means. So what that means, and I'm only bringing this up because the example I already gave you is let's make sure our beneficiaries are updated and the people that we actually want them to be. Have you had any children in the meantime? Has your beneficiaries, have, have they passed away? When is the last time you've met with an attorney to update your will? I have met with people with millions of dollars, and I'll go back to this, that mm-hmm. people think they're all set. And I, I'm telling you, they haven't met with an attorney in 25 years. And back then they had no money at all. Right. So Part of our education process is through those videos. And by the way, once you get through January, February, March, all the way through December, we've hit on 12 topics and it really covers all aspects of financial planning. So is everybody going to run out and do their will and healthcare proxy and trust? No, they're not. But if we just do it, and I can tell you, it's coming again next September. So if I have clients <laughs> listening to this, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen again next September. And then obviously we keep it on file if they've done it and, and we know who, do, who has and who hasn't. So that is a big education piece. It's little snippets, by the way, that people can handle for a minute to a minute and a half at a time. David, tell me briefly who is on your team. Yeah, oh, good question. So we have, I'll talk about the five advisors. We have several staff members as well. the guy that works specifically with me, my client service manager and the guy that really honestly makes everything happen for me. um, His name is Chris. Chris has been in our business since 2006. We actually worked at the same firm. He was an advisor for three or four years. He went to work at some local banks at a local bank as a behind the scenes person. Chris and I actually fit perfectly together because I am definitely the person that wants to be out and about talking to everybody, running the meetings, um, doing this kind of thing. And I can tell you, Chris right now is tracking where our client's money is and transfer (laughs) what's going on. He's answering client questions. So Chris is kind of my back office. A good guy Um, to have. sounds like. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Chris is the man and uh, he deserves much more money. So (laughs) don't tell him that. (laughs) If he listens to this, I'll be in trouble. Um, And who else do you have? 
Yep. So we have John as an advisor in our office. We have Alex Neary. He's a CFP. Marshall Scheid. Marshall is, he's awesome. He's 26 years old. He just turned 26. He is the guy that like plugged in my equipment, by the way, and <laughs> showed me how to get on a Zoom meeting the first time. And I was like, hey, Marshall, I need a Facebook thing. I don't know anything about it. So he gets me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we all need one of those too. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'll back up a little bit. John is actually the gentleman in our office that has been working with the RG&E employees, by the way. So he found a great need that they have with their pension and 401ks. And he's been working with a number of the employees and he's really become a specialist in working with Alex is the one that works with the Delphi employees. So Alex's father actually worked at Delphi for like 35 years or something like that. So he knew everybody that was there, not everybody, but most people. And Alex was able to get in and meet with many of the people that were prematurely let go or moving on and able to help them. Like I said, Marshall works a lot with our public school employees and then helping all of us with that kind of thing. And then we have Joe Prestigiacomo, greatest last name in the office. (laughs) His name takes up everything. It makes all of our margins wider. Um, (laughs) But, but Joe is a, uh, he's a proud Greece native and he works a lot with the Greece public school employees and helping them out. He's a, a member of the Greece Educational Foundation, and he's actually the president. Does does a lot of work with them. So mm-hmm. those are the advisors. I have Chris. They have different people that help them out behind the scenes. I could go on and on about everybody, but I'll, I'll stop there if that answers the question about our team. Yep. And coming back to you, what designations or advanced education do you have? First of all, I think education is extremely important. I do not stop learning. I am a consistent consumer of nonstop reading podcasts. I, I listen to so many podcasts. It's all I listen to. Actually, my, my family gets in the car and I have a podcast on about like deep, again, deep dives into financial planning, tax laws or something. And, and my wife is like, you, you actually listen to this? <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Well, she's um, the one who got hey, you in the business in the first place. So she should. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I have to, whatever she says, I have to listen to. So then, <laughs> then we usually change it. <laughs> and my daughter can't believe it. And it's funny, actually, she's starting to enjoy it now. She thinks that me having a podcast automatically makes me famous, by the way. Of course so, it does. Yeah, that's right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> On an ongoing basis, I'm con- constantly reading we're all over it. We're, I mean, I subscribe to everything. My inbox on a daily basis is just full of new financial planning information. I'm constantly on uh, LinkedIn, not Facebook, by the way, that's uh, Marshall helps me with that. But the, <laughs> the LinkedIn part of it is I watch what other advisors are doing. We have a community of people that talk consistently. I'm part of a coaching group. Every day, new material comes out. So that's on an ongoing basis. But my designations that I think are extremely important. The first one is RICP. And I think it's highly underrated. And the reason I say that is not many people have heard of it, but it stands for Retirement Income Certified Professional. When I went through that course, it's a number of courses, I learned so much about taxes in retirement, how to invest properly for retirement. And then the biggest thing for me was the social security planning. Right. It was like when I finished that and passed that exam, I instantly became the social security expert in our office. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, something just clicked and I completely understood it. 
that has actually become part, a big part of our business now is in, in our practice. Our clients can ask us anything about Social Security, and I'd be shocked if myself and the other advisors didn't know it. And by the way, most of the other advisors in our office have the RICP because they saw what I learned from it. So the second designation that I have is the CFP, which I know you know what that is, Certified Financial mm-hmm. Planner um, Professional. The That's like the gold standard in our industry. And I, I saw a number of years ago where our industry was headed. And what I mean by that is anybody can really go past their series six or seven and say that they're a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. I think you really, really need to move on to the next levels of education and the CFP although there are more and more of them, really does differentiate. So if anybody's listening to this and they have their, their advisor is a CFP, I'm telling you, that was a tough exam. I'm not saying that I'm great. I'm pretty good at tests, but that, that was really difficult. I studied nonstop for months. And in fact, I studied so much that my wife told me that if I passed, I was never allowed to take, or if I failed, I was never allowed to take it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have the RICP and the CFP designation Obviously, I continue learning, and I'll, I'll probably mm-hmm. continue on other things just right. because if you can't tell by now, I, I move quickly, and it's I probably won't slow down. <laughs> so I'll keep it going with the designations and always constant education. When you are not working, David, yep. what do you do for fun? That's a great question. So, I mean, first of all, spend time with my wife and kids. I have my daughter's seven. And my son is three. He just turned three. They're just a blast to hang out with. Every every day something new comes out, and uh, anybody with kids knows that it's it's just so cool to see that happening. So I just love spending time with them. I'm home every morning with them. I am home ninety nine percent of nights. I used to leave like once a year to go to a conference. That's not happening this year. So I don't right. think I've missed a single evening with them in twenty twenty which I bet a lot of people can say, but I, re- I really do. I'm not just saying that I really love spending time with them. The question then becomes, do they enjoy spending it with you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to have my wife on as a guest and she can tell you all about this stuff from her side. It's probably all this stuff is probably completely different from her, her point of view. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the other, I, I work a lot at our house. We have six acres that I'm constantly outside doing things. And I, I love that. I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan, and they're off to an awesome start this year. I just hope the season continues. Mm. I love working out. I wish that I could work out for two to three hours a day. I'm one of those guys that like, or people that I don't dread going to work out. I can't wait to go do it. It helps me in so many ways, and I love it. But it actually, we're <laughs> we're currently building a a gym in our basement. Not a, not a fancy gym, but a, a decent enough gym because of the pandemic stuff and things shutting down. So I couldn't sit around anymore. There's only (laughs) enough running up and down my road I can do before uh, I have to do something else. So, and honestly, the last thing I'll say about what I do for fun is I know this sounds cheesy, but I really love our business. I love it. I love staying ahead. I love reading about what we do. Again, I'm listening to podcasts. I love thinking about our processes and systems and our ideal schedule and all the things that come along with it. And when the IRS tax code comes out and I actually read it, (laughs) I know, I know, I I try not to talk about that too much. (laughs) Um, I do that, but I do it so that my clients don't have to. Right. And it's not like I memorize it, but if somebody asks a question, I, I almost know 
close to where, where to find it, at least. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fair. Now, who is your hero? Do you have one? My hero? Wow. Yeah. I, you know, when I was a kid in, in, in the 80s, I would say it was definitely like He-Man, Superman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, and it's funny. Then, as you, at least as a, a younger guy, I loved Frank Thomas who was a baseball player for the Chicago White Sox. I was like, all I did was collect his baseball cards and all that stuff. And there's a point to this. As I grew older, and especially since I've had kids and I've had the responsibilities of an adult, I think you really realize after you gain some wisdom that it's not like the superheroes, like the He-Man or the Superman or the athletes, although some athletes are great, but it's now really just general hardworking people that can provide for themselves, their family, and they just try their best every day. And not to bring it back to this, but it kind of makes sense right now. The, and those are the people that we want to help, the people that are out there teaching or educating or all the other things that they're doing and the hardworking people that just chip away every day and they're just generally good people. So, And that's that's why we love working with the local employers and our healthcare workers and and again, not to be cliche, but that's I, those those are generally that today as an older guy, maybe that's my those are my heroes. <laughs> all right, that's fair. That's fair. Now, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? All the money in the world. All I, the money in the world. Wow. I well, first of all, I I would I would still do what I'm doing. No doubt about it. I would definitely still help people. I'd, I'd probably be more widespread and, and outreach to help people with their finances on a more broad base. But I, I, anything with kids, I would invest heavily in making sure that kids are never hungry or bullied. And once you see those kind of things happen, it's like I, I would never want that to happen again. Also anything with animals. My, my daughter recently got a kitten. So now, by the way, we have uh, two cats, a dog and a chinchilla at our house. <laughs> the chinchilla. Okay. My eyebrows what is, went up. Uh, what is going on? I just keep getting talking to you. It's one of those uh, people can relate to this. The daddy, I swear I'll take care of it. And it's oh, like, yeah. okay, sure. Yeah. And then I know you're not, but what am I going to do? I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> and actually locally by my in-laws, place in Sodus, there is a nonprofit farm where they take in animals and some of the animals are abused. And I, it's just, I would also help with that to answer your question. All right. Good, good. And then I know we talked about heroes, but do you have a favorite person in history and why? Oh, in history. Um, that's a great question. I, again, not to be cliche right now, I would say, and, and there's a funny reason for this. Anybody that had anything to do with discovery, and I mean like big discovery, like universe stuff, Copernicus, um, Einstein's theory of relativity, I love that stuff. Part of the reason I love it so much now too is because my daughter, who was like, when she was in kindergarten, she would, not that she didn't know what she was talking about, but um, (laughs) she'd go to school and say, well, I know about the theory of relativity. And I'm like, I just think that stuff, it's so cool. And I can't even imagine what those types of minds are thinking as they are coming up with like quantum mechanics and 
it's just that stuff's crazy to me so albert einstein newton copernicus i love reading all about the stuff that they've done and again i won't i won't get into that but parallel universe stuff i think that's so cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) well then this brings me to a very interesting question we're going to wrap this up pretty soon but tell me one thing most people don't know about you oh well i'd I'd say that i'm (laughs) fascinated by the theories of the universe and and those kind of things Mm -hmm. um not to not to make me sound weird uh Here's the thing about our business, and this also, if any newer financial advisor ever stumbles across this podcast, I almost quit business I probably a thousand times, and I'm not exaggerating. It had to be every single day I was like, why am I doing this? And it, back at the beginning, remember how I talked about I was working 100 hours a week and making no money? Right. That is really, really hard as a new financial advisor. And it's really hard. And especially when you have other people saying, you could just go here and make $50,000 and have a salary. And I'd say, well, I really want to run my own business and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. I would bet even during that time that most of my family and friends and certainly my clients had had no idea that I almost left (laughs) a thousand times. Wow. (laughs) And by the way, I'm very happy that I did not, obviously. And (laughs) It, things turn and they work out. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more questions. Yep. What What is your proudest achievement? Wow. Uh, and I and I know it's the kids probably, but give me something yeah. else. Yeah. Give me something yeah, else. Yeah. So I, I have a couple. The and I, I could actually give you behaviors of kids instead, but the <laughs> <laughs> successfully starting our own firm two years ago. So I've been doing this since two thousand and three. And I wanted to change to an independent model. And for those people that don't know what that means, all that that means is that we run our own thing. There's no company that really oversees us and not to say this in a bad way, but makes us use their stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're able to do everything and act as a fiduciary, which I try to never say because everybody says that. But what that means is really it's me or our advisors working with the client meaning we're on the same side, always. There's no conflict of interest. There's no, if I do this, I make more money. It's always what's best for the client. So starting your own firm, getting the CFP was a great accomplishment. (laughs) Back to my quitting a thousand times. Honestly, if any financial advisor that went through what new financial advisors go through and they survived, that is a proud achievement. (laughs) Seeing my wife and kids in the morning, every morning that I, I love it. I love what I do. And there are great people around me, so I'm proud of that. And I know you told me not to say this, but I can't. I can't help it. It's definitely the kids. And I can give you an example. <laughs> my my daughter is doing. I'll take it a step further. All right. <laughs> my daughter. Do- my daughter's doing virtual school right now. So she logs into the computer. She's in second grade, and sometimes I sit with her and we kind of share an office. And I, I do that because it's the beginning of the school year, and I want to make sure that everything is smooth for her and she doesn't panic. But it's actually the opposite. She's so calm and relaxed. And I really quickly noticed that she's like extremely respectful, on time, so independent. And here's the thing that she definitely got from her mother because it didn't come from me. She raises her hand for every single question and wants to answer it so badly and gets so mad if someone else answers it before her. (laughs) So if her teacher happens to listen to this, uh, I'm not going to tell you to call on her more, but she's ready. <laughs> and it makes me proud as a parent, you know, it's uh, good. It's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, you because, should be proud. You should be. 
Yeah. All right. All the people listening to this podcast, how can they get in touch with you if they want to talk to you? Even if they don't want to talk to you, how can they get in touch with you? <laughs> so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, this is David Polsini. You can visit our website. Just Google Six Point Financial Partners and it'll pop up. We're in, our office is in, for the local listeners, it's in Sully's Trail in Pittsburgh in Bushnell's Basin. But yeah, if you find me on LinkedIn or go on our website, you can easily click through our advisors. We have a new website. It's, I think it's pretty nice. It's very easy to navigate and uh, people can definitely see it. The address on that website? It's um, Six Point, so S-I-X-P-O-I-N-T-F-P as in financial partners, so sixpointfp.com. All right, great. Yep. David, thank you so much. This was so entertaining. David Polsini of Six Point Financial Partners. To subscribe to all upcoming episodes of David's Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast, use the subscribe button on this page. And to share, there is the handy share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.